We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. It's pretty good, I guess. Pretty good, pretty good. Pretty good, I guess. I got him again. He doesn't even know it. <laughs> Boom. Shakalaka. Crackalackin'. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Soapbox number two. Number Numero dos. <laughs> I'm getting... Um, no, you're not. No, no, I am. I am. I'm getting tired. Of, uh, uh, it's got to happen, right? Yeah. So, you had a phone conversation today. Well, I won't mention names or anything. But you had a conversation today on the phone. And... About what, the stuff we're going to talk about today. Yeah, about that. But but one of the t- one of the things that you said on that phone call, what, which is what I liked, is I mean, we're just not hearing a lot of people talk about this. And man, it sucks because I have the same feelings, right? Yeah. I just want to go hunting. I just I I want I want to I want to roll in in January February look at the proclamation. Pick my haunts, apply for my haunts, send in my money, bitch about how long it takes, and pray I don't get any money back. <laughs> uh, look at the draw results, go hunting, yeah. come home, eat my animals, rinse, repeat. Right? That's all I want to do. That's it. That's that's it. I don't I don't want to I don't want to fart with all of the other BS. I don't want to mess with it. Um, but somebody has to. It it has to be done. Um, not that we're doing it right or that we're the right people to do it, but it has to be done because they're going to take hunting from us. I mean, people people sit around and say, that's never going to happen. Bullshit. Over and over it and over again. Okay. And has. They just banned trapping here in New Mexico. They did. And we said for years and years and years... That'll never happen. That'll never happen. Uh, and if we don't get ahead of this, I mean, we're we're, we're so, we're so far, far behind. behind. We're so far behind because these these. I'm gonna start char- canoes, I'm gonna start charging you a dollar every time you use the word cerebral. Right. Well, I wasn't gonna. Say, I said douche canoe. I know. No, no. So I, said, I went from saying. cerebral to douche canoe. No, but they. Yeah, the douche canoes that are out there um, doing this. They're so far ahead of us, man. They're they're organized. They're, they're organized. Funded. They're, That's the biggest thing. Yeah, they're, they're out there. They're out there getting funding. Yeah, they're much better at getting funding than us because really the only thing that we want to do is go hunting. Yep. Um, and we won't, we don't want to deal with this crap. But this is their career. Okay, they get paid to ruin hunting. That's 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 their job, right? <laughs> and they yeah. go hunting so they can claim that they're in it for hunting. Um, well, and maybe they love hunting, okay? But their view of hunting and our view of hunting is not the same. And think, they claim to be for the peoples. Well, I think I think it's it's we're obviously using some some massive general generalizations here. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um I think it's fair to assume that many people in that boat feel like they're doing the right thing, but um, 
when you look at the larger picture of... I'm going to let you finish, and then I'm going to jump in. Okay. When you look at the larger picture of what's going on and all the different things that are happening at the same time, there's absolutely, in my mind, no coincidence that it's all going on at the same time, which means they're getting played. Yeah. So here's my question. Yeah. If you believe that there a large number of them actually think that they're doing the right thing, why are they lying to do it? I didn't say. No, I think what you're talking about is a small number of them at the uh, top. All right. I would say uh, many of these organizations are good people that want to feel good and feel like they're doing right things and doing good things. They're just busy people who have not taken the time to look into the subject that they um, are weighing, not necessarily even weighing in on, that are letting these organizations that they're a part of weigh in on for them. Okay. So, but that's two different, that's two different people. Um, But I'm just saying, we're generalizing these people when we have specific people that we're talking about. And specific groups that we're talking about. So, so yeah, I, I get that. So, yeah, there are specific groups that, that you know, we're going to talk about and specific people within those groups that we're going to talk about. So, like, for example, but we've said this, too. Um, BHA, for example, I do not stand for what they stand for. I do not believe in what they stand for. But, let me finish, their membership are great people. So, their membership... Do great things again. Let me let me let me again. Let me temper this by saying, mm-hmm. if they were abiding by what their mission statement was, mm-hmm. I'm all in support of that. But they are not correct, in my opinion. Correct at all? No, they're jumping in all in all kinds of things that they that their mission statement has absolutely nothing mm-hmm. to do with. We, we've harped on that over and over again. We're going to talk yeah. about some different stuff. You know, we talked about big, bigger picture stuff. Yeah. Um, um, we're going to get into some of the details of what I, th- what I th- see and what I think is going on. And it's been very interesting. My current um, job, my current position has allowed me to kind of get a temperature, get a feel for what is coming without, I guess, get a feel for what's coming so that, and, and, and it's given me some perspective on how the, the future fights are going, to, how the future arguments are going to go. Yeah, and, and what future fights are coming. Yes. So, that being said, um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, well, before that, but I was invited uh, to speak on a on a panel uh, before the Water and, and Natural Resources uh, Legislative Committee. Yep. Um, the committee and, and the committee had all kinds of different topics on their agenda. Had a two meet two day meeting in Taos, uh, but one of them, I guess, 
one of the main topics. They talked about it uh, the evening before I, I, I spoke and then the morning of. The evening before they talked about uh, financial, financial impacts and, and financial um, discussions around mm-hmm. uh, this topic. And then the day of, so the topic was wildlife reform yeah. in New Mexico. Sp- uh, spawning from, or or uh, I guess more correctly, uh, being taken from Senate Bill 312. Yes. Um, Senate Bill which, 312. Which we both spoke uh, as opponents to. Yes, we both spoke as opponents to. Uh, if you don't remember, Senate Bill 312 was a bill that was on the table brought by Jeff Steinborn, uh, supported by New Mexico Wildlife Federation, uh, New Mexico BHA, Sierra, Sierra Club, Club, Wild Earth Guardians. There was a lot of... Um, que- questionable partnerships that were supporting well, that bill. The funny thing is, you can't even call a lot of them green decoys. A lot of them are just green. <laughs> yeah, environmentalist <laughs> well, activist groups. Yeah, and then a few green decoys in there. Yes. Um. So the the premise of this panel discussion was strictly wildlife reform. Um, it was not. Uh, that there was no intention to address the outfitter pool. There was no intention to address um, the Jennings Law or any of those things that were all wrapped up into that Senate Bill 312. It, it, it expressly, and I was told this um, in my for my preparation for the panel discussion, it was expressly to with the intent to look at three things. One, the scope of the department to include protection of all wildlife um, and protection and the authority of over all wildlife. Yep. Uh, number two, the, um, I'm trying to remember back here. Number two was the, the, the actually number three was the name change, but number two was, um, the expansion of, Game and Fish pur- purview to allow for that authority. Number three was the the, the name change, so kind of kind of a mixed thing in there. Um, anyway, so those were the three kind of base topics that they were going to discuss, and they had five panelists, um, both proponents and opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, six panelists in total. Um, one was the director of the Game and Fish. Uh, Mike Sloan. Another one was Chris Smith of the Wild Earth Guardians. Another one was Kevin Bixby of the Southwest Environmental. He was the executive director of Southwestern Environmental Center. Colleen Payne with uh, Mule Deer Foundation. Um, Lauren Patterson, who is the president-elect of the New Mexico, not Calgary, Mexico Livestock Growers Association, I think is, is which one he is part of. And then there was me, um, just as a uh, representative of kind of a, a pri- private ranch and sportsman, kind of all rolled in one, yeah. bringing sportsman per- perspective, uh, which I'm I'm sure there's a couple of people who may or may not listen to this and 
and laugh at that, but so be it. I'm I'm a sportsman. I go hunt public land, all yeah. that stuff. Um, however, I also work for private private land owner and uh, and do hunting operations on private land. So I kind of have a dual um, viewpoint. Not only just a dual viewpoint, but also knowledge of both, and that's important. Uh, yeah, and especially with my background with game and fish. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so those are the six panelists. Um, the basic argument that was made by both Wild Earth Guardians and uh, the Southwest Environmental Center was that we needed the the game and fish needed updating. It needed modernization. Uh, it needed to expand its purview to include all wildlife because uh, and even invertebrates. Yeah. That's kind of the basic premise of the proponents and and their viewpoint on those topics. Quick quick question, can can this be viewed? This uh, discussion? I, I believe it can. It should you should be able to go to nmlegis.com. I think that's right. Nmlegis.org. We'll put the, org. I, we'll put put the, the link, link up in the show notes. Yeah, in the show notes. Uh, and find the Water and Natural Resources Committee. Uh, find that specific committee meeting date, and it should be on uh, recorded. Yeah. So you'll be able to – don't take – again, one of those things. Don't take our word for it. Go and listen to it yourself. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's kind of the basic premise that – uh, came out of the proponent side of this. Uh, on the opponent side, uh, Colleen Payne and I were very similar in our messages. Um, and Lauren Patterson, uh, obviously very geared towards private landowners, ranchers, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, gave his point of view. Uh, for Colleen Payne and I, and I'm not going to speak for Colleen, you can go listen to her comments on it, uh, but I'll speak to mine. Basically, we were very similar in our thinking and ba- and very in line with, actually, what the director talked about. Um, and they're not very, very long. Uh, we had ten, min- 10 minutes each uh, to, to speak, uh, which seems like a long time, but, but it's not a terrible long time to speak. But um, our discussion revolved around mainly the, the authority the purview and the the name change and the fact that we don't need to do it the name change is probably the smallest concern on on that list but it has very large implications yeah and that's so we we discussed that uh, when when senate bill 312 came out and and we've said this a hundred times on our podcast. You're gonna charge me for something. Um, words have meaning, mm-hmm. and so that was something that I feared greatly, uh, because when you change the name to Department of Game from Department of Game and Fish to Department of Wildlife Conservation, it has great meaning. And anytime you're dealing with uh, legal. Especially, words have great meaning, right? And 
changing that name can very easy can make it very easy for them to change things in the future because you look and you say, well, this isn't the Department of Game and Fish. Yeah, it's the Department of Wildlife Conservation. So that's why I said the the view, especially from the proponents, was um, very clear. They're like, oh, what's the big deal? It's just a name change. Exactly. This should be the smallest. You know, it, it should that should not be a concern. Um, but like I said, it it is probably viewed, and maybe I didn't say that clearly enough. It, it's probably viewed as the least important of the topics that we discussed, but it probably has the biggest impact. The biggest impact, unintended future, imp- future in, impact. Yeah, yeah, unintended impact, or uh, unintended for, on their side, intended. On on our side, if we let it happen, unintended consequences. Yeah. And and you hit the nail on the head. Um, changing the name, besides you know, the the game of fish basically came up with an estimation that it would cost approximately three million dollars to rename everything. Yeah. Um. But. The larger, farther-reaching implications are, if you get that name change, and I, I would, I would venture to guess, right now, that if nothing else, they're going to try this again. They're going to try Senate Bill parts of Senate Bill three twelve again. Uh-huh. They're going to try it again. Um, Jeff Steinborn was there um, at this discussion, and he was very animate. Uh, I have. I have some sources, I guess you can call them, that um, basically have have said he wants to make this his legacy piece of legislation. So they're going to keep pushing for it. And and so and there's so just like the so let me finish before you jump in. That being said, I see very easily. That being the low-hanging fruit, um, and and I'll say this, it, we cannot, at this point, we cannot allow any of this to go through. No, we can't. Because if we say, well, we'll give them the low-hanging fruit and, and let the department change its name, like I said, you hit the nail on the head. There's farther-reaching implica- implications. You get 5, 10, 15 years down the road... Probably not that. I would say within within ten years, probably closer to five years down the road, you have new legislators, you have new game commissioners, you have a new governor. Um, you have a chance for them to come and say, even if nothing else got passed, the purview, yeah. the authority. If nothing else got passed, um, then you have the ability to come and say, well, it's the name. The name is New Mexico Department of Wildlife. So why aren't we doing this? Exactly. Why aren't we doing that? It's already the department. We might as well just go ahead and do it. It's the same thing that happened with California, actually. Yeah. And, and so quick, quick two points. So let's go back to um, – God, I wish I could remember the senator's name. But we'll roll back to um, one of the senators that wrote the bill – when they changed Munoz. it to Munoz, thank you. Yep. So when they changed it to eighty-four percent, right? Yep. 
they w- when they wrote that legislation and they put it in that New Mexico got 84% of tax and non-residents got 6% and the outfitter pool got 10%. They wrote in this bill and this is exactly how this reads, okay? And it's important. New Mexico residents will always round up. Yep. Period. Okay. A non-resident or an outfitter will round down if their allotted tags were 0.4 or less. Yeah. And up if 0.5 or more. Okay. So if their allotted 10% equaled 1.8 tags, they got two tags. Yep. If it equaled 1.4 tags, they got one. Whereas if New Mexico residents equaled 1.3... It got rounded to you two. 1.0, or I mean 1.1, 1.2, 1.9, it doesn't matter. It always went up to two. Yep. Always, okay? Always. That's in the bill. Yeah. Okay? Umpteen number of years later. Not in the bill, in the, in the statute. Yeah, in the yeah. statute. So umpteen years later, somebody throws a fit, says they're stealing tags. They go in and claim that they've changed the legislation, but that's what they do. You know, that's how they do it. And that very senator who helped write that and put it in there came out and said they're stealing tax. Dude, you wrote it. Yeah. So you wrote it. Yes. With intent. And that's important to remember when they change this name, it's not, it's not for no reason. They're not going to spend $3 million for no reason because it's no big deal. They have plans 15 years from now to come back and be like you said, when they have a new governor, new game commission, new game commissioner, New, everybody, and nobody really knows what happened now. Yep. They're going to be like, but that's their name. Yep. And then second point, I don't care about his legacy. He can want that to be his legacy, and that's great. That's, but what's important is wildlife conservation. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And so if you haven't dealt with the legislature it's not a huge surprise that Munoz didn't remember that uh you any anybody can write a bill as long as you can find a senator or a representative to sponsor the bill that's how things get introduced and and passed I, Steinborn didn't write 312. No, he did not. Some, um, what was it? Some dude out of Utah or yeah, something like that. Anyways, uh, so that being said, yeah, it it like you said, <laughs> you can't even count on on the sponsors of the bills or the sponsors no. of of these things to remember what they did. Um, so it is. It's extremely important, and the name change is extremely um, misguiding. Whenever you talk about it, and it's just a name change, and that's how they talk about it. It's just a name change. Mm-hmm. They always bring it back to, oh, you know, it's not a rebranding, or you know, it's or it's just a rebranding, or it's just a name change. Um, it's not. It yeah. has it has further reaching implications than just the name change. Absolutely, words have meaning when it enters the realm of of litigation or into the court systems. That name means a lot yes because future judges future courts will look at that name and future senators future legislators will look at that name and say 
they're not the Department of Game and Fish. They are the Department of Wildlife Conservation. Yep. And that has great meaning. So, I mean, we've talked about this. We've, we've talked about 312. We've, we've been over this. But like you said, it's not going to go away. It's going to keep coming back. So... Walk so, us, yeah. Take let's us talk about the other. Let's talk yeah. about the other two deals: the 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 expanded purview and the authority. Yeah. Um, so again, the even the director uh, brought this brought this to bear in in that um, in that discussion. The opponents or the proponents of the the change. Uh, basically say that Game and Fish needs to expand its purview and make, uh, you know, have authority over all wildlife. Uh-huh. Um, that they need to protect everything. Uh, was was the term uh, species of greatest need still thrown around? It is, but it was actually thrown around by us more than it was thrown around by them. Um there was quite a bit of discussion on our side, at least, which um, was surprising to me. Yeah. Uh, talking about the Recovering America's Wildlife uh, Act, which is sitting, waiting to be heard at the federal level right now, uh, and having done some more research on it, I'm, I'm, I'm actually well. I'm tentatively okay with it. I know you don't like it for specific reasons, but um, we did talk about it. And we talked about it in the context of they want to protect all these other non-game species, but the money's not there to do it. Yeah. So that context um, included discussions about where does that money come from. Yeah. But mainly from us. Uh, uh, granted, uh, you know, give Kevin Bixby credit. He also talked about it and said that, uh, that would be a great source of, uh, or a great resource, great source of, um, financial, um, gain to the department to be able to use that. But he has, if you look at Southwest Environmental Center's website, they have a specific article talking about how they want to change Rawa, because it doesn't go broad enough. Yeah. And I, anyways, yeah. Um, so that being said, again, uh, Colin Payne touched on it. I touched on it. Uh, the director outright talked about it. Um, the fact of the matter is, right now, the game department has the authority and the purview if you will to protect anything that needs protecting yep um and in fact their mission statement i'll read this from from some of my comments in fact their mission statement currently says uh that the mission of the game and fish is to conserve regulate propagate and protect the wildlife and fish within the state of new mexico using a flexible management system that ensures sustainable use for public food supply, recreation, and safety. So it it does not specify in there that it only protects game species. It, it says wildlife. It, it does. However, it says it also says, you know, when you read that statement, for use, 
Which... Sustainable use. Yes. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, so, having said that, um, many people believe that it only refers to protected species. And it goes into great detail in well, statute. You're a protected species. Well, I d- yes. <laughs> but, so, let me, let me, let me preface this by saying there are certain species that are specifically quote-unquote protected as game species yeah those are listed in statute in in chapter 17 yep. you can find every uh, genus and species that is listed as protected in new mexico um however it doesn't stop there there after doing that in 17237 uh, is what they call the Wildlife Conservation Act. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also other, st- and before I get into the Wildlife Conservation Act, there are also other statutes that have been added over the years. Yep. Um, they're, one of the arguments of the proponents is that all these game and fish rules are hundreds of years old and they're out of date. That's yeah. not a f- that's not true. Yeah. There there've been additions and um changes to the law over time um that have progressed the protection of species. Songbirds are protected. Mm-hmm. Raptors are protected. Birds of prey are protected. Almost uh, every bird except for a sparrow is yeah. protected. <laughs> there's only a few that are not protected. Um so there are all these things that are protected. Um, it doesn't go down all the way to like insects and things like that, no. but for the most part, it protects those species. The Wildlife Conservation Act uh, defines wildlife as any non-domestic mammal, bird, reptile, amphibian, fish, mollusk, or crustacean, or any part, egg or offspring, or the dead body or parts thereof. And that Wildlife Conservation Act is actually the one where it uh, talks about threatened and endangered species. Mm-hmm. There are specific threatened and endangered species in New Mexico, and then they also recognize threatened and endangered species from the federal list. That Wildlife Conservation Act is the act that is the law that is in place that gives game and fish the authority to protect anything that needs protecting. It protects species of greatest conservation need. Yes. It protects those. So let's say you have... um, Protects those, but doesn't necessarily mean they have to go manage them. It's actually designed to try and... um, That act is actually designed to try and put protections in place and conservation um, projects in place to keep them from going onto the threatened and endangered species list. So it's very proactive. Having said that, if you, so let's say you have, let's give me something that is, let's, let's use rabbits. Okay. Okay. Non-game species, not protected for the purposes of hunting in the state of New Mexico, not protected for any other reason. You can go out um, and shoot them yep. anytime. If for some reason something happened and cottontail rabbits 
or jackrabbit, whatever's the, the specific species. Let's use cottontails. Nobody they're... likes to eat a jackrabbit. <laughs> yeah. Let's say for some reason something happened, some catastrophic disease event happened, and the game and fish, the, the wildlife biologists who are professionals and do this for a living say, we need to do something about this or we're going to lose this species. Yeah. That Wildlife Conservation Act gives game and fish the authority to protect that specific species and put into place laws, uh, plans to recover that species. So their argument is no, pretty much. They're saying that we need to expand the game and fish's purview. Uh, the, The problem is they already have that authority. Uh, what they don't tell you is the fact that most species don't need that protection. No. Um, Southwest Environmental Center is extremely big on coyotes. Mm-hmm. Coyotes don't need protection. No, and they probably never will. <laughs> so um, that's kind of the the breakdown of what uh, of of what the discussions were, kind of the 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 proponent and an opponent. Um, I, I was opponent to the reform. Yep. Um, specifically um, because of those things, those, those processes are already in place. Uh, if you didn't know the game and fish has a state wildlife management plan in place, they by law have to have that yep. uh, in that state wildlife management plan. And this is probably something you didn't know. Um, and so, as a result, probably a lot of our listeners didn't know. In that state wildlife management plan, it it uh, designates over 200 species as species of greatest conservation need. Uh, not to say you didn't know that part, because I think mm-hmm. you did know that part. Something I didn't know going into this, having t- having talked to many different stakeholders in this, is RAWA was actually written based on all the states submitting a state wildlife action Mm -hmm. plan, and it was written based on the needs of those, what they saw as deficiencies in those state wildlife action plans across the nation. That's what RAWA is. Mm -hmm. Um, And we talked about RAWA. Um, I was pretty skeptical at first, but basically the, the bottom line in RAWA is it tags on to the Pittman Robertson Act. It tags on a uh, an addition, if you will, um, uh, a revision that basically allows um, allows the states to appropriate general fund dollars mm-hmm. to the states for non specifically non game species. Yeah. Um, one of the issues with that that I originally had was I was worried very much about match dollars. Yes. Because there has to be match dollars for you to leverage that money, same as Pittman Robertson. Yeah. Currently, New Mexico Game and Fish is almost uh, is almost 100%, 98-something percent funded by license dollars, hunting, trapping, and fishing dollars. Yeah. Almost... Pretty much 100% of that money 
is leveraged for habitat projects through Pittman-Robertson. Yep. So the problem in New Mexico is they do have biologists on staff for these non-game species. Yep. They do have um, processes in place to address these non-game species. Whenever a habitat project is proposed by Game and Fish through the Habitat Stamp Program and now that Special Citizen Advisory Committee, when they go out and look at a habitat, they're not just going out and looking and sending the pronghorn biologist. Yep. They send the pronghorn biologist, they send the deer biologist, the elk biologist, they also send these non-game biologists to say, what is the impact going to be on all these things? So everything that the proponents of of this reform are trying to do is already in place. The the common denominator is not enough funding. Yep. Where's the money coming from? And so that's what Rawa is trying to do. Right now, New Mexico Game and Fish does not have the match dollars to meet if Rawa were to pass. They don't have the match dollars to leverage that 20, right. 20 plus million dollars that could come from Rawa to New Mexico. So, what to do about it? Yeah. Um, and before we get there, um, I wanted to note that one of our initial concerns about Rawa was those match dollars and whether they were going to be hunting, fishing, and licensed dollars. Uh, talking to Ellery Williams, friend of the program, uh, with the sportsman, uh, the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation, um, Based on what I understand, uh, based on the research that they, that their people have done, the only way that those match dollars could come from licensed dollars is if those funds are going to be spent on game species. Yes. So I'm good with that. Yeah. Anyways, I knew that was that was a concern we first had. Yes. I learned more about it. This is what the program's about. Um, telling telling you guys what we know. So. That's the rub. Where does the money come from? Yeah. Um, that's, that's always been the rub. It's where does the money come from? Um, the, the antis now are, are pushing this narrative that hunting is not conservation, that, um, that uh, when you look at it, habitat dollars on the ground, um, actually non non game or non-hunting groups are putting more dollars on the ground for habitat. Uh, and I've looked a little bit into that. Their numbers are a little bit funky as usual. Um, yeah. you know, there's, they're claiming the nature, the, the nature conservancy, uh, as the number one non-hunting group that puts habitat work on the ground. Uh, not having looked into it fully, I know they put a lot of work on the ground. I don't know where the funding comes from. Yeah. But having said that, their my my contention with their argument of, you know, hunters don't even put that much towards towards conservation is this comes down to this simple fact. Hunters do it voluntarily. Yes. Hunters pay license dollars. Yep. Hunters also, in a roundabout way, pay, or not in a roundabout way, hunters also pay Pittman-Robertson dollars Absolutely. through the gear that they buy. Although the vast majority of that doesn't come from hunters. Understand that. It's still 
we everything that we do when we buy a rifle or so ammunition, that's where it there's goes. There's two two times that our, the Hunter wallet yeah. has been hit. License dollars, Pittman-Robertson dollars. Many hunters are in, are a member of some nonprofit organization such as Mule Deer Foundation, Tur- Wild Turkey, and many of them are in lots of them. Yep. So Hunter wallet is getting hit three times. Where where does the money come from to fund the land and water conservation fund? Yeah. Tell me. The the land and water is that isn't that new renewable energies? Royalties from yeah. offshore oil and gas. Basically royalties from oil and gas. Yeah. And so hunters are getting hit another time because they're paying to put fuel in their vehicle. So there's four. Um if we now throw in Rawa, or if we do some sort of change to the system um, and use general fund dollars, which right now Game and Fish does not get any general fund dollars in New Mexico, if they do that, there's a fifth source of where hunters are going to be getting hit in the wallet because those general tax dollars are now going to go towards that. Yep. And possibly six if if they do a state state level general fund appropriation. Yeah. And and it's an interesting it, what I find this interesting what what kind of annoys me by a large number of I don't know if there's a large number but any number of hunters being a proponent for this is one of the general cries from the hunting community is the state just wants our money. And the Department of Game and Fish is not doing that. I mean, they're not trying to increase tags and 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 rake us over the coals for every dollar that we can that we can get from them. Um, they set a budget, they have a budget, and and they roll with that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they basically know what they're going to get. They you know they basically know how many licenses they're going to sell, so they know they know their incoming money, right? They do. Um, although although let me remind you. Even though they're a standalone agency, mm-hmm. they don't they don't get to just because they don't just get to set their budget. They they no. are they are held to the same standards as every other state agency. Even though they don't get any general tax fund appropriations, exactly. they um, know where their money's coming from. So they, they know have, where it's going to go. Yeah, and it's very strictly held, like you said, especially Pittman Robertson. That. All of that has to be very specifically mm-hmm. done. They they have, I mean, let, let's be really honest here. Uh, the the big game fund, they have a lot of money in it. They mm-hmm. do, but they're not allowed to use it because they still have to play by state rules. Exactly. So it's one of the things that we talked about when we were talking about that habitat stamp doubling, mm-hmm. um, it's just the the need. For it wasn't there, um, and I still stand by that. And it's not because I don't want to give money to conservation. I give money to conservation all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every banquet we go to, every membership dues that we pay, all of that stuff. Like when I buy a license, um, when I buy my kids' license, whether they're going to hunt or not, you know, their game hunting license, all of these things, um, I'm voluntarily voluntarily giving that money. Uh, so it's not. An issue of of willingness to give that money, or me saying 
that they're raking us over the coals. She says, I want to make sure, like you said, where's that money going to come from? Where's it going to go? Yep. And, and like I said, coming back to that point, that is, I think, the distinguishing point that differentiates hunters and, and how much they contribute to conservation versus anybody else. Yeah. Hunters do it voluntarily. I have said this often on, I don't even know, I don't know if I've said it on this podcast, but I said, uh, I was having a conversation, we might have talked about it on the podcast, I was having a conversation with someone I knew from college online on Facebook um, when they had the the brand new season for wolf hunting in Michigan. Yeah. Um. I'll briefly touch on it so you guys, if you haven't heard it, you get a little context of, of that conversation. Uh, basically, Michigan set a quota for, uh, for wolves of, let's say, I think it was 200. They could sustainably harvest 200. Uh, 81 of those they offered to indigenous tribes to hunt, and the remainder, 119 or so, they offered to the public. Um, the indigenous tribes declined to hunt. Uh but what happened was, in two days of hunting, they killed like 130, and, and it ended up being, I think, like 160 total, yeah. finally, after they got everything shut down. They killed like 160 wolves or something mm-hmm. like that. And and it came out of an article that was posted that said, you know, they went over the quota by 150%. Well, they didn't. They only went over the quota by about 13%. Mm-hmm. But the fact was... They were still they were still under with, quota. They were still within the sustainable harvest yeah. of what had been set. Um, anyways, so I was explaining this to her, and and uh, the topic came up of well, if you know, I would pay towards that. I would I would I would contribute to you know not hunt these wolves. And my con, my stance has always been if that's the case, and if it's the case like like they're being like the proponents of this reform are talking about how uh the the public opinion has changed and they want uh they just want to see you know wildlife and and they will pay for it mm-hmm. if that's the case why has that not materialized right why have backpackers not demanded as hunters did back Correct. in the early part of the the 19th century 19th century cuz they don't want to get their ass kicked <laughs> Hunters are the ones who voluntarily said we need laws to protect these animals and to conserve these animals. The Migratory uh, Bird Treaty Act. Yep. Put in place by hunters. Across international borders. Across international borders. Um, We can name off many others. But why has that not materialized? If, uh, and here's another, you know, something that I will contend why have birders, you know, bird watchers, mm-hmm. why have they not demanded game and fish for a bird watching license? Right. Um, Land and Water Conservation Fund is funded through royalties of from oil and gas. Mm-hmm. One of the largest contributors to habitat degradation and loss, specifically here in the United States, but globally, is development yep real estate development why have they not self-imposed 
royalties off of real estate development to protect and restore habitats. Yeah. And that, that to me, is the major bone of contention when they say, you know, hunting, you know, hunting as conservation isn't, isn't an argument because in, in the scheme of things, you don't put that much toward it. Yeah. BS. I'm, I'm saying BS, but even if that were true, we do it voluntarily. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Yeah. And I mean, I mean and that kind of brings me to another reason that I am so hesitant to all this, you know, and, and we kind of disagree about this a little bit. Uh, but I don't, I don't think, think we I don't disagree necessarily. Well, we, um, we disagree on the, on, on the, we disagree on the face, but we have not sat down and had a serious conversation. And when we typically do that, we come to some sort of agreement that yeah. this is what could happen. Yeah. And, and to me, I'm not ready to give them a seat at the table. And here's why, just like you just stated, right? Hunters, um, have done all this from the unanimous passing of the Pittman Robertson act to all the different, um, policies put in place to pr- protect and conserve for future generation, our big game. Okay. Hunters put back Turkey, antelope, deer, elk, all of that because we wanted it here. Yes. Because we wanted to kill it and eat it. Okay, we can't hide that fact, and we shouldn't hide that <laughs> we fact. We don't need to hide that no, fact. No, we shouldn't. Um, but there's, you know, there's a lot of people out there saying that we we need to find, you know, yes, we want to hunt it and eat it. Yes, we want to kill it. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. We've been, you know, people have been hunting and killing animals in this country since they first stepped foot here. Yeah. Okay, that's it's part of life. Just get over it. There's, there's no reason that we have to stop that. Okay, Um, unless something is going to go extinct and there's policies in place to protect that. Right. So um, and 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 so many things have changed. You know, Uh, we have to draw licenses now. When I first started hunting, you just go buy a deer tag and a bear tag and a turkey tag, you know, and now you have to draw for deer. You know, you've almost had you've pretty much always had to draw elk. Um, But we put these policies in place to protect these animals. That's what we want. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've been doing it for years and we've done a great freaking job, yeah. you know, and there's a long way to go. Yeah. And I am currently not willing to say, yes, you can have a seat at the table. And one of the big reasons why is because a lot of these groups that are aligning themselves with the people that took trapping away from us that have in several states taking taken bear hunting or any kind of predator hunting away from us. There are certain states that are trying to take hunting away completely. Oregon right okay? now. So why on earth should I let them have a seat at the table? Yeah. I don't want them to have a seat at the table. They have not proven to me that they actually care about a damn thing. And that's And that's basically one of the points that I made. Uh, on that panel discussion is um, if they care about this, uh, I would love to see some solid numbers. And I haven't, I could not, have not been able to find any solid numbers that I could verify uh, about 
how much money, actual money, uh, Sierra Club or Wild Earth Guardians put on the ground towards habitat work for a specific um, cause. Exactly. I have not been able to find that. Um, maybe it's out there. I don't know. And if it is, if it somebody's got it, it should be easier to find. It should be easier to find. If it's that important to them, it's that it important to really easy It should find. be really easy to find. Uh, and secondly, uh, a point that I made was, if these people want a seat at the table, let them start where hunters did. Yeah. Let them start dipping into their wallet to pay their way. Yep. Instead of coming dipping into our wallet. That's it. And listen, if there's if there's any groups out there that want to come in, sit down in good faith and say, listen, we don't like hunting, but we love conservation. And you guys know what you're doing. So we're willing to stand by you side by side, very transparent, and work for conservation. Bring it. Mm-hmm. Come on. But like you said, bring your own money when you come. Don't don't be wanting mine, and don't try and take what is mine. That I I'm so scared of of so many of these. Even Rawa. I mean, yeah, just like thirty by thirty. All right, the concept seems great. You know, let's 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 do it. Right? The it just dev- sounds it sounds so clean. The devils in the details. Um, as I was talking with with a. Fellow cohort cohort earlier, yeah, uh, texting back and forth talking about that. The devil's in the details. The problem is the people that are pushing this, the way that they have aligned themselves. I don't trust their details. No, absolutely not. You know, um, ballot box legislation for reintroduction of wolves. No. Yeah. I mean, these types of things. What they have done is they have said, "I don't trust you." Okay, and we talk about on this podcast all the time of coming together as a community and supporting each other. But that's what you have to do. You have to come together and you have to support each other. So many of these groups, even the hunting groups, so-called hunting groups, they're attacking their own. Mm-hmm. They have their own agenda. You know what my agenda is? Let everybody hunt. Protect hunting. <laughs> all right, protect it. Yeah. Not chip away at it piece by piece. Not a death by a thousand cuts. Not, well, let's so, go after their money. Here's, Not let's make it too hard for the average man to hunt, which is what they're doing. And so here's and here's the so here's one of the problems. And we've talked about this. You could you could get into fistfight after fistfight talking about ethics and morals in hunting. Yes. And the problem is we are pushing, not we. Uh, many of these groups are claiming the high, moral high ground and saying this is ethical and this isn't. Mm-hmm. When, like we talked about in, in our podcast. I think it's a personal decision. It's, it's a personal decision. Every place, every region, every uh, little place has a specific way. Yep. The hunting... Um, has happened uh, as long as it is, you know, legal. Yeah. It's, it's so, but that therein lies the problem. Now they have started, they've, you know, they're now saying let's make it illegal. Yeah, exactly. And you know, there's, I don't want to get under deep ethics argument, but we, you know, kind of had a little bit of a discussion. The problem with ethics, like I said, is very personal. Mm-hmm. The problem with ethics is ethical, 
ethically, you could probably remove every piece of hunting. Okay. The efficacy of bow hunting. It's not real great. Okay. But so rifle, rifle hunting is much better efficacy, right? But is it fair chase? Yeah. Well, because let's talk do, about. Do we have an unfair advantage? Yeah, yeah, but so yeah, yeah, but, yeah just, but let's talk about let's so talk about something problems. that's not even in, not even an issue right now. Nobody even brings up fishing. No, they don't. Right, right. They don't ever bring up fishing. You know, or here's an, here's another cool one. Turkey hunting with all of the decoys and stuff that are out there right now. Are we creating a problem? I mean, we're using live, not, not live, but like real turkey feather decoys to sneak up and shoot turkey, right? Yep. How long before we're out of turkey? I mean, because it's getting pretty dang easy to kill them, right? Well, there, depends. There's, there's, it depends. No, but, but, depends you see what I'm you, sa- but you see what I'm saying. No, I do see what you're saying. And, and it depends. And that's why I say... Uh, I don't have a fear of that because the system that we've built helps protect that. No, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Which allows us to do what we like to do. But that's where I'm talking about that whole ethics thing. Yeah. yeah. Gets murky. You can't, you cannot um, build a system based on ethics. Your, Your ethics has to be a personal choice. As long as within the framework of the law... Your ethical decision is your ethical decision, period. Yeah. Now, having said that, talking about law, talking about changing law, the, the big stink that I that I have and that I make is we have people pushing to change the law who have no vested um, – they, they, they don't have a dog in the fight. No, they don't. So, it, it, it's like having. It's I, like I having feel a, like we've kind of. It's like having a foot of, doctor do your eye surgery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, having said that, that's kind of. It was very interesting. I was honored to, to be, uh, on that panel. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that. That the proponents provide some extremely good arguments. Um, that being said, it just goes to show that they have not stopped in conjunction with, let's say E plus that we talked about last week and something new, uh, the governor just did an executive order, uh, following Biden's 30 by 30, 30, uh, hoping to, hoping to institute the 30 by 30 initiative in New Mexico, 30% of the land uh, conserved by 2030. Yeah, so here's a cool thing. There's almost no way to get 30 by 30 without taking private land. Well, again, (laughs) devil in the details, right? So New Mexico is already 50% public. Mm -hmm. Is that 30% on top of the 50 or is that 30% within the 50? Mm-hmm. And what is the details on what that 30% can be used for? So are they going to take 30% of our huntable land and, and say nothing? Say nothing. Yeah. So now we're down to 20% and they're trying to take 100% of all elk tags 
which spans across 50% public and 50% private, and put it on that 50% public, but would it just be 20% public? I mean, there's so many of these things that tie together, um, and it, 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 it truly frightens me because the current political landscape here in New Mexico means that we have to fight 10 times harder to keep these things from happening. Well, not only to that, protect our, our, our privilege of hunting. The current political landscape in most of the U.S. is causing these fights to happen. Um, they're going after Nevada trapping next. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, that's a... Well, but these are state by state. I, I mean, yeah, un- understand I, yeah. that, but it's a... It's a federal movement to get this stuff. The, what the people a, that are trying to stop this are it's a federally... F- it's a nationwide movement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're just attacking it in different ways. Yeah. State by state. State by state. Uh, here in New Mexico, uh, they smell blood in the water. They're pushing hard. Yes. Um, Oregon. So they first attacked Colorado uh, with, with a ballot initiative to make basically... Uh, it would have made hunting, uh, it would have made animal husbandry practices all illegal. Harming an animal would have been illegal. They are now trying to get, uh, they failed in Colorado, they're now trying to do it in Oregon. They're trying to put a, they got a petition to put it on the ballot, uh, and that would do the same thing effectively. It would put your farmers and ranchers out of business, it would put... Uh, it would make sure that you had no hunting. Yep. Um, it would effectively Could destroy. You swat a fly? It, huh? Could you swat a fly? Uh, Set a mousetrap? No, you couldn't. It would, but it would effectively destroy wildlife conservation in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, they're again, they're trying to uh, get trapping banned in Nevada now. We've already lost it in Arizona. We've lost it in Colorado. Uh, we've lost it in New Mexico. Uh, it it is a coordinated push, mm-hmm. um, and the problem is again, like you said, we have we're fighting amongst ourselves. Yep. Yep. One hundred percent. It's it's very hard, and it, we've said this multiple times. You know, we, even earlier in this podcast. We were busy. Um, the The vast majority of hunters here in New Mexico, uh, you know, they have jobs, they have lives, they have other things to do. Um, and I get that because we're the same way. You know, we try and do this podcast, and heck, you know, our listeners know because we're dropping a podcast about every other week now. Or uh, there's been three week spans where we haven't dropped one. You know, life gets in the way, and we rely on these so-called hunting advocacy groups to be our voice. The problem is not a lot of them are doing that right now. They are spewing their own agenda and not being the voice of the people. Um, but they sure pretend to be with the promise of another tag because really that's that's all we want. I mean, I, wanted, I want a tag to go hunting just as much as everybody else. Um, but w- at what cost? Mm-hmm. You know... We talk about ethics, but we also have morals and at what cost, you know, um, you cannot, 
give somebody else an extra tag without taking it away from somebody else. And the hunting community needs to come together and realize that we are under attack. I mean, a full force freaking beaches of Normandy. And we're behind the curve. D-Day bad. We are so far bad behind the curveball um, that it's it's scary. It really is. And and there's little things that we can do uh, that don't take much time. Um, go to the go, go to the department meetings that are in your area, uh, game commission meetings. Heck, most of them are online anymore. Um, vote. You know. Uh, and, and you know when 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 people vote they vote according to their own personal beliefs right there's there's things that you know like with me when i vote one of the most important topics to me that's up there at the top of the list is um my second amendment rights it's 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 high priority when i vote um and i would like to say that hunting is way up there too but their life is more important than hunting but that's very, it's way up there too, is hunting. And so those things are important, especially at the local level, you yeah. know, uh, road closures that happens at the local level. Yep. You know, I've, ho- I've seen in, in the 10 years that I was with game and fish, uh, I saw two roads that had no reason to be closed. Yep. Get closed at the local level because they didn't stand up. Yep. It's very important. So you've got to, you've got to know, you know, your candidates and, and what they stand for. Um, and like I said, hunting may not be very high on your list, but um, if you got two candidates that are basically equal and that's the, the deciding factor, so be it. Um, and then the other thing is writing your your legislature, you know, letting writing the game commission, letting your voice be heard. It absolutely matters. We, we saw it at 312. We had... We had the privilege to speak on that bill mm-hmm. to to the committee, and I firmly believe it mattered. I firmly believe it made a difference. Both of us got to speak on that, um, and I'm hoping that your um, chance to talk to that panel will do the same because it's very important, and I, I just want to be – I want my kids to go hunting. I want my grandkids to be able to go hunting. Uh, it means so much to me, and I want it to be around. In as much of the form that it is today as it can be. Yeah. So. Yep. I agree. Um, that wasn't too soapboxy, dude. It wasn't too terrible bad. I think it was more information, Informational. informationally. Yep. Um, but, uh, that being said, you're exactly right. Uh we're all busy, uh, but we have to get involved. We have to. Our, our voices are, we're not in the fight. I mean, the, the bell is rung, the opponent's in the ring, uh, and he's just standing there waiting. There's there's no doubt about that, and we're not in the ring right now. There's not enough people out there saying anything. And, God, as much as I hate it, it I mean, Facebook is a place. It, it, it's Social media is a battlefield. That's where it's being it's fought. so sucks that that's a fact, but it is a fact. Um, 
I think there's a lot of people out there. I, now I see a lot of it. I see a lot of people making comments and, um, I've slowed down a little bit because I get a little riled up and I'll go on a four hour spurt of fighting generally with one person. But, um, it, and it's hard to have a conversation there, right? But it's needed. I mean, educate yourself and then have an opinion and voice your opinion. Be it on social media, an email, a letter, showing up at a meeting. We've got to start standing up. So, Yep. Cool, cool. So, hunt it forward. Yep. Coming at you next week. Coming at you next week on the um, Hunt It Forward episode with Touche. Touche, yep. Uh, and um, hopefully more to follow with that. Yes. Um, my elk hunt mm-hmm. coming up real soon. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, quite a ways off, but I also have an orc hunt. <laughs> I actually sell, um, I think we're going to get to hunt out of state this year. I think so. Which I don't know if we're about. talking about the same one, but, uh, Nebraska. Yes. 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 There, there's a very good chance. Looking uh, forward to that. That we get to do that. Um, got a couple of antelope tags for my kids. Yep. Looking forward to that. Um, I am looking forward to the out of state thing. What I have not decided is whether I want to take my kids or take myself. Um, but I am excited. I got an easy, that. I got an easy one on that. My kids aren't old enough to hunt yet. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I think, I think with my kids having antelope tags, I'm probably going to leave them to that. And I think that I'm going to go ahead and take that one for myself. Yeah. Uh, because I would like to go harvest whitetail. Yeah. That's, that's truly my thought on that is I would like to go harvest a whitetail. Something you don't get to get to hunt often here in New Mexico, so. No, it's not. Um, although I might try and do that here in New Mexico as well. I had that thought as well. <laughs> uh, and I think we should do that. I yeah. see no reason we shouldn't. Um, because, yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to take a whitetail. Yeah. I think that would be pretty cool. Pretty entertaining. So, um, more excited about my Oryx. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. What else is coming up? Hey, I... I've been I've been trying to draw that tag for a long time. Um, I don't know. We've uh, I've gotten out of the habit of saying we got this coming up because uh, we always jack it up. We always jack it up. <laughs> so um, we do have some good stuff coming, uh, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna preface it until we've got it on the books. So. All right, fine. Be that way. I know. All right. So speak up. Yep. Even if you agree with them, speak up. Yep. Thanks for joining, guys. Adios. Adios. Thanks for joining Not a Grande Outdoors podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.notagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios. Adios.